you need to, at the beginning at least, uh, watch your numbers so you can identify trends. Is it going up? Is it going down? Um, is this actually helping our business or not? And yeah, the, the way to actually visualize it uh, nowadays is with a free tool like Google Data Studio. Welcome to Social Post, a podcast brought to you by Meet Edgar. Each week, we bring you a guest to inspire your creativity, breathe new life into your marketing strategy, and get you motivated to take action in your business. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll walk away feeling like you took your social media marketing multivitamin. Enjoy the interview and remember, what's possible for them is possible for you. And we can't wait to see your success. Social Post, a podcast brought to you by me, Edgar. And today we are going to dive into data. And we have Julian Juniman here today, who's going to be speaking to us about what numbers we should be paying attention to when it comes to digital marketing, how we can take action on those numbers, and we can get going to make better decisions in our marketing strategy. So Julian, I'd love for you just to introduce yourself, who you are, and what you do before we get into the conversation. Sure. Um, hey guys, thank you for inviting me. Hey guys, uh, my name is Julian. I run a little business called measureschool.com where I teach people the data-driven way of digital marketing, which means I help people to understand data that they should be tracking mainly for marketers out there that are tracking uh, data on websites, on their social media platforms, or on anywhere else that you can get that data from, because it's so important that we use that data to make decisions in the end. And I teach this mainly um, through online courses, and we also have a great YouTube channel um, with a lot of subscribers there that um, we have really uh, gathered a group of, of measure geeks there that are always geeking out about um, how we can maybe customize our Google Analytics, for example, even more so to get better data out of the system. Oh my gosh, measurement geeks. I love that term so much. We'll definitely have to go check out that YouTube channel and become a part of that tribe. So you mentioned looking at your Google Analytics to make better decisions about what you're doing across all digital marketing platforms. Can you talk to me, someone who loves digital marketing but doesn't love the data side so much? If I am just getting started, what would you consider some of the most important numbers to keep an eye on to make better decisions? Right. So as a marketer, we are all struggling to optimize our marketing. We want to always get better. And how do you actually get better? In the internet world, in the digital marketing world, we have the ability to track a lot of data. This is actually the biggest shift that we have from online, uh, offline to online businesses. And so we are able to look at something like Google Analytics or even our dashboards within our tools where we do our marketing, like for example, on Meet Edgar or um, on Twitter itself, we get all the statistics about how popular were our tweets actually. And that's where we can look at and uh, make our decisions about uh, what worked well and what didn't work so well. And obviously we want to turn up the stuff that we do pretty well and would work pretty well and maybe um, leave hands off the things that didn't uh, quite resonate with our audience. So it really depends on what your goal is and where you are doing marketing from. But uh, in the end, you obviously want to pick for your business your specific goal, your success, that you, how you define success for your user on your website or on the 
on the platform that you are actually doing the marketing on. And then look at that data for, um, for Twitter. It might be uh, retweets for uh, your website itself. It might be a, a buy on, on a, a buy of your product or um, a sign up to a email form or to a mini course like we have it on measureschool.com as well. And then you are able to find out where did these people actually come from. So you would be looking at the different sources that people come from and then measure this against your, um, your success, your goal that you actually have in mind. And that's how you can then determine if one of the other platforms is doing well, uh, which platform you should put more energy in and where you might need to adjust and uh, do changes to. So it really depends on your business what your goal is on your website uh, with your business and with the action that uh, you are driving traffic to. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So if my goal was to take people from Facebook and actually bring them to my website, how do I track that beyond just looking at like a short link? If I was to use something like Bitly or Rebrandly or Edgar here has our own short link that we add into posts if you connect that to our software. And that's something that's super easy to track, but I'm sure you have other ways that are a little bit more um, complex, but yet can give us some more data that's a little more useful than just the click-through rate. So what actually are those tools that you're using and what are the numbers you're looking at there if my goal is traffic? Right. Um, when your goal is traffic, you probably have a website. And on that website, if you're just using short links, then you obviously know that the user has gone to your website, but he you don't know what he's doing afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that's where tools like Google Analytics come in, because these tools can then track the user into your website and you will be able to see what the, how the user behaves on your website. And then also if he converts, if he reaches a goal. So what you would need to be doing is connect your Google Analytics to your marketing efforts. And this is done through something called UTMs. These are tracking parameters that you actually attach to the link that you want to send the user to. And once he clicks that link, he comes to the website, he comes to your page, he has these, these, this tail on the back of the URL and you might have seen it before. It mm -hmm. says something like UTM source, UTM medium. This is something that Google Analytics then can recognize and can say, okay, this user actually came through Bitly, he came through Twitter, he came through a um, Facebook post, um, as your example was, and you can encode information into that link, for example, what he actually clicked on, because you give that link out specifically to that post that you sent out. And that way, Google Analytics knows, okay, the user came from there, from this specific post, and then he, if you have the conversion tracking set up correctly or the goal tracking set up correctly, you will be able then to see if the user actually converted and took the action. And that's how you then in the end find out if your post that you posted on Facebook was actually successful, was driving traffic, but then also was driving the user to buy or driving people to uh, you to sell more or to reach your goals on your website itself. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I guess if it's just traffic I'm looking for, what actually happens once they're there? Are they converting? Are they becoming more and more into my community in a way that actually matters? So I like that a lot. So once we actually have an idea which posts are taking people from the social networks or from our newsletters onto our site and getting them really engaged and purchasing, do you have any recommendations on what to do once we find posts that are really converting well or what pages are converting well, um, kind of what is your next step after we have that initial information? Right. The optimization stage then goes into what can we do to amplify this and, mm -hmm. um, and what we have learned, because maybe you have learned that a post about or a roundup post performs better than a news post um, or a picture. Uh, we, we might take that as a model to try out and run more of these little tests because now we actually have the ability to next time a post goes out, goes out to benchmark this against your previous success. And you obviously want to always have these incremental gains that um, you might be able to do. What um, is actually more of the reality oftentimes is that you are not able to make all of the decisions because you're working in a team. And that's where Google Analytics also comes in to help you to take that data and make it into something that is presentable to others. So you can convince people with this um, data in certain other tools. So I often take, the, take that data and build reports in something called Data Studio to convince my clients, for example, to take more um, of the action of posting more of this post or more of that type of post. And that gives them valuable insights about their customers, obviously, which can then um, go beyond uh, just our social posts, but maybe also to how we communicate with customers or um, what products we develop in the future. So it can have a, a big effect once you find this nugget of optimization, um, which can go out and, and change the whole business around. That's what it's all about, uh, changing um, the changing the business and changing the organization. Oh, that's really great. I love this term you used of just those incremental improvements and kind of always remembering the benchmark of where you are and slowly building. It's not a one and done thing. Once you get that information from Google Analytics, you use that as the new benchmark to continue to improve. And that seems so much more achievable than just like this one huge project you're doing and then leaving that data. So I like that approach a lot. Um, so that's really great information when you're going on to optimize the posts and the language you're using and like you said to have a really cohesive marketing um, strategy across your whole team. Um, there's also a lot of um, stuff out there online that says it takes like seven to 14 touch points with a brand to really get purchase power and to really get people to be loyal to your brand. And I know one way that people make sure they're getting in front of people multiple times to move them from that brand awareness phase down to actually purchasing is using like a Facebook pixel to track where that person goes after they were on. Can you talk to me a little bit about what a Facebook pixel actually is? where I set that up and how I can actually optimize that to make sure that I am getting those people, getting in front of those people multiple times. 
Right. So Facebook Pixel is basically the tracking technology from Facebook, especially the if you do Facebook ads. So mm -hmm. what you can do inside of Facebook ads is to set up these um, pixels that you can then implement onto your site. So you need to have access to the code or install a plugin where you would put in that pixel code. And this would then tell um, Facebook ads who visited your website, but also if you already had ads on your website or they clicked on a social post, they obviously go to your website and there this pixel is um, executed where then it sends data back to Facebook saying, ah, okay, um, I have just visited Julian's website, for example. Now this can be super valuable because you be able to put more information to Facebook. For example, if he converted or if he took the action that you desired him to take. Now, if he doesn't do that, the information is obviously still in Facebook and we can use this information to say, well, if the user hasn't bought, maybe it is a good idea to put advertising in front of him again. And this is uh, called remarketing or retargeting where we would take existing audiences that already visited our website and target them again on the Facebook ads network and put information or advertising in this, this case in front of them to hopefully um, make them come back to our website. And this is great um, information because obviously these people have already been on your website. They might be interested in the stuff that you are doing and maybe they are now one step closer in the funnel to actually converting and you can uh, put that into the advertising. You could actually give them a discount or you would be able to um, show them a product that maybe he in the beginning didn't actually see, but he most likely be interested in. So it's a great way to re-engage an audience that you have already brought to the website um, through social before. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I know that this is kind of a common thing on Facebook. Do the other social networks have any tracking like this that we should be aware of? Yes, the biggest um, player in the market is obviously Google. Google mm. has their own kind of uh, remarketing technology. It works a bit different because Facebook actually knows the user is logged in once he clicks on uh, an ad or on a social post. And therefore, Facebook knows a lot of information about him. Um, but in, in Google Ads, it's a bit different. Google has a watch much wider network, not only the Google website, um, the search engine, but also YouTube, obviously, and many other websites that are in the network. So you could potentially show the advertising on more touch points and more different kind of websites instead of just one website, which is uh, Facebook. Um, given that Facebook is pretty big, uh, you're most likely going to reach them there. But yeah, that's these are the uh, biggest players in the the ad market, obviously there are many smaller players that give you a ability to retarget. This is really the, the, uh, the, the essence of performance marketing. So if you uh, look at Pinterest, uh, they have their pixel. Um, Snapchat has a pixel. Um, I don't know, uh, all, all of the social media platforms that actually um, give people the ability to advertise. They know that um, pixeling and uh, retargeting to existing audience is, is a huge deal. And therefore all of the big ad players actually offer that functionality. 
Very cool. Okay. So I'm seeing how this could be incredibly powerful to reach people across all the platforms we're putting content onto. So we talked about using the UTM parameters along with Google Analytics in order to develop a strategy and see which posts are actually leading to those conversion numbers and not just traffic. We talked about getting in front of people who are really warm and have already visited our website with the pixels on all of these social networks. And I can see how powerful those would be in order to help us make better decisions on where to spend our money and who to get our products and services in front of. Is there anything else in your business besides these two that you would really um, love for people to use, even if we're on like um, a very minimum budget and don't have a lot of different tools that we can throw in there right now? Is there any one more hard hitter that you would really recommend people look into? Well, I think the, the biggest development that I have seen, it has become much easier to now report data. And oftentimes it's easy to take an analytics project or say, hey, let's implement these UTMs and you do this kind of stuff, but then you forget about it. You don't log into the tool anymore. Given that Google Analytics is kind of complicated once you log in and oftentimes people are very turned off by it. There is a great tool out there called, uh, I already mentioned it, uh, Data Studio, which lets you export your data from Google Analytics and put it into a visualization software. So what you can do there is to actually create a little dashboard that updates automatically from Google Analytics and you can connect other tools to it. So you could connect uh, Facebook or Twitter data to it in order to have a comprehensive dashboard of all your data and all your metrics that you should be looking at on a um, monthly or weekly basis even. And I think that um, to really get into this whole analytics stuff, you need to, at the beginning at least, uh, watch your numbers so you can identify trends. Is it going up? Is it going down? Um, is this actually helping our business or not? And yeah, the, the way to actually visualize it uh, nowadays is with a free tool like Google Data Studio. And it, this is a great tool to, to actually also, if you are in a client business, so you actually sell services, to give to your clients and show them that um, you have made progress for them or um, report on numbers to make decisions upon. And that is far easier when you condense the uh, data down to only the important parts and have a dashboard that makes sense to you or your client to actually make decisions upon that. Because the data is all fine, but if you don't use it, it's uh, not useful in a sense, right? So to really get an ROI on your data, you need to at least make a recommendation to um, your client, your stakeholders uh, upon that data, but hopefully this will actually lead to a decision to an actual change in your business. Yeah, that's really great. I love the idea of a dashboard that only has the numbers that are going to be important there. And you mentioned checking it weekly or monthly. How do you know, like, if you're waiting on a project or if you're waiting on a new campaign that you released and it's not initially showing the numbers that you were hoping it would show, how do you know when to make that pivot? Like in your business, when would you decide to start or stop something new or let it ride out a little bit longer? Right. I think the one thing that we need to all consider is um, the cost or the, the, the resources that we have available. Obviously, if you have a team and you are able to pivot, then maybe you have the power to say, hey, this is not working. Let's change it around. There is something called um, significance of data. So uh, if you are really running an A-B test, you might want to wait until you know that these are these results that you're getting in are significantly viable because it could also be anomalies from the day of the week or um, the, yeah, the, the month that you are in, uh, the seasonal 
um, stuff that is going on in your business. So you might be very careful with that. But I think that from my point of view, since we are a small team, we can pivot um, too, too easily and um, change things around. But the great thing about uh, the analytics is that you oftentimes get very near real-time data. So within half a day, you know, okay, this is what I was expecting. This was um, maybe something that worked better last time. It's important to have some kind of benchmarks to actually know we have tried this campaign before, but we're getting a, a, a lower click-through rate. So how can we now find out um, what was the crew pit here? Where did things go wrong? And if you have a... Um, if you have an idea and hypothesis, then you might be better off to take your list and maybe segment it and say, half of that goes to this new campaign and half of it goes to the old campaign. So we always know if this is actually working or not. And we are not making one bigger crucial mistakes. This is what big e-commerce companies do all the time. They only take a very um, small sliver of their user group and send them the new feature just to see whether this is actually working or not. So maybe you want to take the same precautions here to um, not screw up uh, the whole launch maybe that you're doing or so. Yeah, I love that idea actually of segmenting your list to make sure that you're always really getting nitty gritty on that testing. Um, so for our last couple minutes here, I'd like to shift the conversation to something you mentioned at the beginning, which is that you use YouTube a lot in your business. Now I know Google owns YouTube and it's one of the best search engines for videos and stuff out there. Can you talk to me about what you do for YouTube analytics and how you use those in your business? Right. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, so first of all, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. And the largest is obviously owned by Google as well. And they, um, they have so much traffic. Um, and there's a special kind of user group on YouTube. That's why I use it. That actually wants to consume um, educational content through video. There are tons of blog posts as well on the same topic out there. But they choose YouTube to, um, to view this particular topic in video form. And um, they're a special kind of people. I'm, I'm, I am count myself to, towards one of them to say, I, I would rather go to YouTube, watch a video, than uh, read through a blog post. Mm -hmm. So these are special people. Now we can use um, our YouTube analytics as YouTube creators to actually find out a lot about this user group. Um, what, what we are always trying to influence on the YouTube realm is how we are perceived by the algorithm. And there are two kind of plays here. One is how you are actually ranked in the search engine yourself, uh, in the search engine of YouTube yourself. And the second part is where you are um, rec being recommended by the algorithm uh, alongside other videos or, for example, on the homepage. Or you actually go viral and suddenly your, you, uh, your video is everywhere on every recommended list that, that YouTube has available there. Now, the one metric that YouTube looks at uh, very closely is watch time. And this is a metric that is not really easily um, something you can game in a sense, right? You just have to give really good content to YouTube and um, make people stick around. So YouTube obviously wants to optimize on their platform that users stay as long as possible and watch as many videos as possible. So you actually get credit for um, hooking the viewer into a video and then having him look through the whole video and hopefully then also clicking on another video, you get credit for all of this. And so within YouTube analytics, what we pay attention to a lot is how are the initial um, 
user spikes when we first publish a video. Hopefully we'll get a lot of viewers in the first um, 48 hours. That will trigger something inside of the algorithm to make the video be recommended more. I mean, my topic's not really about going viral, but um, you, if you are in the realm of millions of subscribers, you definitely want to watch these metrics very, very closely and make a sense of, okay, who is actually clicking on my video? How is the thumbnail performing? It's just almost like an ad. And how is the title performing as well? And that will hopefully give you the boost to get above a threshold that YouTube somewhere defines to hopefully be inside of this algorithm of being recommended more and more. On the second phase, obviously, it's also important then to have a video that ranks well in the search engines. And YouTube gives us all of the information of where did actually people find out about us? Was it through the um, internal search engine? Was it through uh, recommendation? Was it, was it from somewhere outside? And so you can tweak the video on the content front, but then also on the front of um, the title, the thumbnail and the description in order to have the largest impact on your YouTube success. Very cool. So you might not have a good answer to this, but I just got curious when you're changing like one thing at a time, whether it's the thumbnail or whether it's the title, if you're doing this on YouTube or on your blog, do you have any like anecdotal data on the fact of like what makes the biggest difference if you change the creative and like the photo or video or thumbnail versus changing the text in your business? Yeah, that goes into best practices uh, territory. I mean, if you if you want to optimize, um, the first thing that people see is the thumbnail. If you want to optimize the first uh, thing they see on a blog post, it's oftentimes the, the title. And is this intriguing? So this, this has the biggest impact from um, what the user sees the first thing. That's probably what you should change around. But I would always be careful to just going after the best tips uh, and, and Googling for what should I test as the next thing? Because we can get into incremental testing and say, hey, let's uh, change the button color or let's change the uh, title around here or the thumbnail after a, a special um, uh, yeah, formula that, that maybe somebody said this worked well for me. But as a business or as a real testing perspective, you really need to get into the minds of the customer. And you, I would always caution people to just take the best practices, but rather come up with an hypothesis why people would click on this uh, more, what is your hypothesis behind it to really test that then and say, hey, the user ticks this way and that's why I'm going to change it and see what the results are. And if I can get an uptick in conversion rate or in click-through rate, then it might be um, an insight that I can now transfer over to many other aspects, for example, the body of the text or um, the thumbnail, for example, as well. So it's not just about one uh, specific part that you would have more click-through rate or um, a better conversion rate, but rather um, think about what the user or how to get into the minds of the user and how you can understand the user better in order to gain insights about him. And then again, to um, uh, carry this over to many different other aspects of, of your website um, and, and really understand the user better. That's, that's my message really, because I see too often people trying to do very incremental little changes and they test back and forth. And it's just too nitty gritty to actually get really valid results. It's far more interesting or it's far more impactful when you really have a recommendation, uh, something that you can tell a person 
that you found out about this user group, um, which you can then test over many other videos that are coming out or many other blog posts or posts that you put out uh, through social media. Oh, I love these tips so much. I do agree you can get so caught up in the nitty gritty of just changing that one post and not realizing how it can impact all of your content. Um, so that's a really great tip. So this has been incredibly helpful and I thank you so much for your time today. And as we wrap up, if people wanna go further and learn a little bit more from Measurement School with you, where's the best place to get started? How do we reach you? How do we dive in to get all of our data um, knowledge from you guys? Right. Um, you can check us out definitely on measureschool.com, but then we also have our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com uh, slash C slash, which is channel, uh, Measure School. And yeah, there you will find all helpful videos about Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, and Data Studio. And um, yeah, say hi in the comments. Uh, that would be uh, something that I read uh, very often in order to answer questions of my students. Perfect. I know I'm going to jump over to look at that dashboard one right now. I think that'll be such a helpful thing in our business. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Julian. Guys, if you want to reach him, I will put all of those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to subscribe and share out your biggest takeaway on social media and tag at me, Edgar. Julian, thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to keep the conversation going with us on social. We're at Meet Edgar on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So let us know your biggest takeaway from today's episode and don't forget to tag us. Visit www.meetedgar.com and start a free trial to up-level your social media marketing strategy today. Happy posting!